This episode is sponsored by Binto, personalized for your body and no one else's. Binto is the women's health company on a mission to help women everywhere get access to safe and effective over-the-counter supplements, alongside access to licensed healthcare professionals, all for an attainable price point. Binto's subscription of personalized supplements made just for you delivers right to your door each month, so you never have to think about reordering your supplements or running out to the store. Your supplements come pre-dosed in individual daily packets with your name on them, so it's easy to stick to your supplement routine and enjoy taking them every day. Here's how it works. Go to mybinto.com, take the health survey, and get matched to your personalized supplement routine. The short survey will ask you general questions and questions about your reproductive health. You'll get matched to a suite of supplements just for your needs, and you'll get matched to real women's health providers like a nurse or physician assistant who will help you every step of the way. Binto was founded by women's health nurse Susie Devine, a fertility nurse who realized women were doing a lot of the guesswork themselves and waiting way too long to get answers and reliefs for their daily symptoms. Binto's providers offer online chat support and telehealth appointments to make sure you feel supported, informed, and empowered when it comes to your health. All of Binto's supplements are organic, non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, preservative-free, and made in the U.S. under good manufacturing practices guidelines. If you'd like to get your Binto supplement routine, get started today at mybento.com and up your glow with Binto. Welcome to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others, hosted by me, Alexis Barber. In this show, we invite real people and experts to share their stories about how they navigate an ever-demanding society and talk about the personal decisions we make from career to health and wellness. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Too Smart for This. This week, we have on one of my friends who I love so much, Alana Bloomberg, who is also at Lanny B. Fit on Instagram, the host of Morning Ray podcast, as well as a YouTuber and TikToker, the queen of an aesthetic morning routine for sure. She is a 21-year-old student at Ryerson University in Toronto, Canada, and she does an incredible job of showing the realities of intuitive eating and intuitive exercise, as well as self-reflection and journaling, which you guys know I'm all about. Um, I was recently on her podcast, Morning Ray, which is an incredible listen. I've actually binged the whole podcast because it's so good, and her vlogs are so amazing, and I love that she's another content creator who is going through the same things as all of us, and she does a great job of being relatable and also showing you how she organizes her life. And so in this episode, we get into not only how to grow your content creation, how she manages doing it all while also having a part-time job at Lululemon and being a full-time student. And we also get into her experience with diet culture, dieting, macro counting, and losing weight, and being a little bit obsessive about things and how she's used self-reflection and journaling to become a more intuitive eater person, etc. So please take a listen. You can follow her on Instagram at Lanny B. Fit. Her podcast is Morning Ray. On YouTube, she is Alana Bloomberg. And on TikTok, she is Alana Bloomberg as well. So definitely go check it out and enjoy this episode. Share it. Let me know what you think. Have a good one. Okay, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. How are you doing? I'm good. Pretty good. How are you? 
you know, just living. It's the morning. So um, you're the queen of morning routine. So I'm happy <laughs> that you're here. So um, I would love if you could just tell me a little bit about yourself um, and who you are, how you started your account and what you do on a day to day. Okay. So hi, guys. I'm Alana, or you can call me Lanny. That's typically how I start my podcast, even though I'm I know, like right? 15 episodes in. <laughs> um, I'm from Toronto, Canada, so I'm a Canadian, although my parents are originally from South Africa, so I like to throw that in here to make me sound mm-hmm. a little cooler. <laughs> um, I'm 21 years old. I'm a Leo. In case you're wondering what my moon sign and rising sign are, I'm a Gemini moon and Libra rising. Love to see it. I love Libras. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love astrology. Yes, we love it. We stand an astrology girl. Okay, exactly. or guy, whatever you want. Um, it is. Yes. So I'm in college. I'm in my fourth year of studies at Ryerson University in downtown Toronto. I'm majoring in marketing management and minoring in retail management. I've always been like a stickler for business, but I also really love health and wellness and fitness and that whole shebang. And that's how I kind of got into my page. So I have an Instagram page and now I also, it's expanded to TikTok and YouTube and a podcast, but it started off just on Instagram and it's Lanny B Fit. And I started it off in first year. So January, 2018. And I've always been like, sort of like into like health or like movement, like I grew up dancing. Um, But I really just started my page for fun. My friends were making a bunch of like healthy food pages and I kind of just jumped on the bandwagon and I stuck to it. I wanted to start a YouTube channel when I was 12, but my parents never really let me. So I kind of used Instagram as a way. It felt a bit safer in terms of like not being judged by others. Um, It was also like a lot lower of a commitment. I didn't have to like edit videos or anything. Like I was just posting photos and I already loved Instagram so much. Um, And it's kind of just stuck and grown and changed into what it is today. Amazing. And I mean, you're doing such a great job with managing all these different platforms. Like, um, is it because you really love being on all of them? Um, Or is this something that you just like felt like you had to do to sort of keep up? Because I know that's what a lot of people sometimes get into, but it seems like you really love content creation. So I've always been a creative, I guess you could say. I like to think that I'm like both like creative and very like analytical and I think that comes with like me always studying business but I did go to an art school from the age of six all the way not age of six grade six what am I saying grade six all the way to grade 12 so as in an integrated arts program meaning that we learn like from a more creative standpoint so like instead of handing in like a history paper we would make a song about whatever we were learning um and we kind of did like everything so that was grade six to eight and then grades 9 to 12 as in the dance program at my high school and so I've always had like this creative mindset I've watched YouTube from a young age so I always wanted to create content and I'm a Leo so I like to be the center of attention and have all eyes on me and kind of be like a leader um, and speak my opinion and my share my voice so that's like where that came from like that's the underlying passion Um, but I've also been someone who's always like very A-type time management like queen I grew up dancing competitively so when it came to school like I always had to balance those hours around my dance hours I was dancing like 15 hours 
outside of school. So when I had to do my homework, I had to find a way to make it work. And I've kind of just applied that to the way I manage everything between school and I work part-time at Lululemon in a store and all my different social media platforms. I kind of use the strategies that I learned and developed when I was younger and apply them to my life now. But I'm, mm. I love being on all platforms. Like I sometimes have to tell myself, okay, Lana, like you have too much on your plate. You need to chill. Like just wait a bit. Like be okay with the cards that you have right now. Like don't go in fishing for more. Um, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I think um, I, we are similar in that we both have a lot going on and put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get out there and like um, and honestly like a lot of people are like you're being like too hard on yourself or you're like crippling yourself with all this stuff you have to do and I think at our core it's a good thing though that we are ambitious that we want to get things done that we like doing all this I think I thrive in a place where I'm busy or like I'm constantly expanding like I really can't be stagnant um, (laughs) or I will not be Mm -hmm. myself and it sounds like it sounds like it's the same for you and so I'm curious like what you want to do with your marketing and retail degree and if you are like interested in pursuing content creation full-time or like what are your short-term and long-term goals like with your platform? So I was actually talking about this with my therapist yesterday. She's like, do you want to pursue like content creation full time? (laughs) I love her. I love Tamar. Tamar's my BFF. But anyways, I was talking about it with her yesterday. She's like, do you want to pursue this content creation thing? Like, I know you can make like enough money from it. It's not that you can't. Obviously, like it's a more risky route, but She's like, do you want to pursue your content creation and like going with that and being an entrepreneur and being a self-starter and being self-employed? Or you also always talk about going to Lululemon and working in their corporate office or working for a company similar to Lululemon who has similar values and objectives and services and products that they offer. So like, where do you want to go and where do you see yourself? And I honestly said to her, like, at this point, I really don't know. I do want an experience in like, quote unquote, like the corporate world. Um, I think it's important to at least experience it. And it's kind of nice to have a stable income and to have like someone tell you what you have to do and what your day is going to look like. Yes, for sure. Yes. And I think I thrive in both environments where I have all the autonomy and I have complete control over the reins but I also like to have a bit of structure provided by someone else and I think that comes from like my dance background and being always told like okay you have like jazz from this hour and in jazz class we're gonna warm up for 10 minutes then we're gonna do conditioning then we're gonna work on the dance so I think like short term I have one more year left of school so I think I still want to like obviously like work part-time at Lululemon. I don't see myself giving that up and I want to continue growing my brand and reaching more people and taking on new ventures, whether it be working with other companies, um, dream companies that I love working with, um, coming out with more merchandise because I'm dropping merch soon, which is really exciting. I'm excited. Um, And balancing school and all that. And then I think I want to like do the typical like societal thing, like apply for jobs, go through that interview process, 
experience working at a company, whether it's Lululemon corporate, whether it's something else, experience it, try to balance it all. Obviously, like, don't go like full force with my brand, but definitely Mm -hmm. keep it kind of how it is now. If I can balance work, school and my brand right now, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to balance like a full time job and my brand. Um, yeah. But then again, I know like a lot of like influencers and content creators that like I know have gone into the corporate world have only lasted like a year or so. Um, mm-hmm. But they're also a lot. They have a bigger platform. They have more brand deals. They have a more stable income. And I don't want my brand to cause me stress or to like feel like work because right now it doesn't. So right. I think short term try work the corporate world and then in the long term I ideally I would love to work for myself I see myself as an entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. I love teaching others and I love being in like a leadership position and I experienced that a little bit with training new hires at Lululemon like during the holiday Mm -hmm. season and I feel confident enough that in my abilities that I would be able to do that on my own of course. So that's my goals, if that makes I sense. I love to hear it. No, it does make total sense. I mean, it's the it's I never had a platform while I was in school, but now that I do with a full-time job, like it is certainly manageable. I mean, I'm getting it all done and like I have help, um, like of course, but I would say that it's possible as long as you're not in like in a super like bank you know, like job where you are like always working 80 hours a week. And I think you've like built such a good foundation that it's it's really possible for you. So I would love to hear more about how you built that strong foundation and like what your tips are for anyone who's aspiring to be a content creator or someone who's aspiring to or doing it in school. Um, I think that's a really great place for people to start. So I'm wondering what your your best tips are and how you grew four or plus different um, social media channels. (laughs) So I've said it a million times and I'll say it again, but it's so important no matter what you strive to go after in life, whether it be a corporate job or a relationship or a passion or being a content creator, influencer, blogger, whatever you want to call it, you need to have your why. You need to have the reason behind why you're doing this kind of like how a company has like their mission statement their values their core beliefs their corporate culture you need to have that as an individual because you're not always going to be motivated everyone always asks me how do you stay so motivated to keep posting and sharing your life well the thing is I'm not always motivated I don't always want to post I don't always have an idea but I have my why which is I want to share my voice and my knowledge and impact other people's lives positively And that's what keeps me going. And that's what keeps me disciplined. Discipline is like a huge part of it. Like I don't always want to post on TikTok every single day. I don't always want to sit down and edit a YouTube video for three, four hours. But I want to because my why is because I want to share whatever I filmed or whatever I'm filming or whatever I'm writing out with my audience because I know at the end of the day, I would value that content if I was on the consumption end. So if I was like the follower. Um, Of course. So definitely having that why is like your first step. You don't want to go into it being like, I just want to make money and I want to have a million followers. Like, yeah, those things are great. And yes, they're drivers. But again, they're very short term bursts of motivation. And those things take time to happen. And if they don't happen right away, 
like a short TikTok. Like it's not going to happen like that. It takes time. Mm. It builds. Good things take time. So it's important to have those whys. Now, if we're getting like into like the nitty gritty of like growing your platform, there are three things that I think like you should always have. And that is to engage, be consistent and to add value. People are no longer looking for like, yes, like they love the aesthetic and the pretty picture, but they want to take something away from it, whether it be an intangible or tangible takeaway. So for example, I release journal prompts that has a tangible takeaway. My followers can then write these journal prompts in their journal and go and practice it themselves. Intangible takeaways are kind of like pieces of advice or even like you could say like a recipe could like be intangible and tangible um, knowledge, words of wisdom, um, providing tips, say like if you're in fashion, like providing tips on how you put together an outfit, how you shop, where you shop. Um, people want value. They want their time that they're spending scrolling or looking on social media to be worth it to them. Um, and then consistency. The algorithms like consistency. They like to see you posting regularly. They're going to push out your content. And the same thing for your followers and your community. The more they see that you're posting, the more likely they're going to follow you, subscribe to you, whatever it may be. For example, like if you go onto a YouTube channel and they've only posted like two videos and they're like spread out like really far, like I'm not really going to subscribe to them because I don't think they're going to be sharing content regularly because when I subscribe to someone it's because I want to see their content I want to consume their content and I want to know that I can rely okay like JC Marie like she's posting videos every Sunday or Monday I can look forward to that kind of like how like a tv show is premiered like on the same day each week you want it to be reliable and then engage your followers want to feel connected to you whether it be through you responding to a comment that they've commented on their photo, on your photo or post or video, whatever it may be, whether it be a DM of them asking a question. And it can also be from like other quote unquote, like content creators, like engaging with them in your community because they're going to help support you. It's kind of like connecting with your peers at work. If you connect, like say me and Alexis are coworkers and I'm connecting with Alexis, I know Alexis will help me when I'm struggling and I will help her when she's struggling. So I have like my friends, my group of people that I've connected with. It's kind of like networking in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's super helpful. So just to summarize, you want to add value, you want to be consistent, and you want to engage. But those are definitely my tips. And to be patient. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm. It can. It can. It's like a lottery. It can happen overnight. But if you continue going, someday – something's just going to click. And that's happened to me multiple times. And you it's kind of like growth in your own life. Like you're going to keep growing and then sometimes you're going to hit a plateau and then you'll stay there for a little bit and then you'll grow again. So yes. just be patient. Totally. I 100% agree. First of all, thank you for putting that in such a wonderful format because I think people are always looking for tips on how to grow and you know, create a community. And the add value piece is something that I see a lot of people missing. And even in my own experience with content creation, I was really struggling to figure out what value I was adding, Mm -hmm. you know, and so love all these tips. And so I'm also wondering in your experience, you are a 
fitness, wellness, et cetera, influencer. And you've mentioned in the past, like you struggled with diet culture and all of that. So I would love to know what your story is as well as how you sort of started doing intuitive eating or intuitive exercise and what that's looked like for you uh, and how you've shared that with your followers. And then I also want to get into journaling because you do amazing with journaling. Okay. So yes. Okay, so I'm going to like start like at like ground zero. So I grew up, like I said, dancing competitively. I had like a really great relationship with food, pretty great relationship with my body. Obviously, like a teenage girl, like you're going to be a bit insecure. Um, You're going to compare yourself. But I was the type of girl like carbs were my best friend. Like I ate whatever I wanted. Honestly, I was a really picky eater until I went away for college. Um. So I would literally just eat Eggo waffles, chocolate milk, um, bagels with butter, sometimes cream cheese, if we're getting adventurous here, pasta, oh my God. pizza, chicken fingers, and grilled cheese. That was my like diet. My baby siblings. <laughs> <laughs> that was me until I was 18 years old, guys. So change is possible. Your palate can expand itself. But anyways, I had always been like fairly lean. I was pretty confident in my body. I mean, I was a dancer, so I was like active. I didn't really have to think about like exercise. I didn't go to the gym outside of dance. Like dance was my movement. I was dancing every single day at school. I was dancing outside of school at my studio. So I was always like active, had a good relationship with food. But then comes college. I stopped dancing in first year. And I was also an emotional eater. I picked, bought this from my dad. We love it. Um, and so I would use food as a coping mechanism. And I was also going out and I was drinking. We were binge drinking. We would go and get McDonald's afterwards and we would have pizza. And yes, I had all these great memories, but my body was not loving it. And I was starting to not feel great. And I noticed my body changing, my clothes weren't fitting, and I put on quite a decent amount of weight um, that led me to feel really uncomfortable in my own skin. And I remember I had like this breaking point. We went on vacation to Mexico in February because in Canada we have like reading week, which is like our spring break in February. Mm -hmm. And I went to Mexico and like I knew my jean shorts didn't fit me anymore because I had tried those on at home. But I thought like my loose like cotton ones that were always kind of like big on me would fit me and I didn't try them on and I just packed them. And I remember getting to the hotel room and it was so hot outside and I grabbed my favorite shorts to put them on and they were skin tight. Like I felt so uncomfortable. And I remember just breaking down in tears like to my mom. My dad was there and everything like nothing fit. I felt so uncomfortable. I realized like where my body was, where my mind was at, and I just did not have a good relationship. And I remember right before that trip as well, like I was doing like a crash diet to try to like lean down like those don't work. Please don't do them. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't do it. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember hitting that point. I was like, something needs to change. I don't want to feel this way. And I'm going to be honest, I fell into diet culture a little bit then. And then I was like, no, this isn't sustainable. I like cut out gluten. I cut out dairy. I cut out red meat. Honestly, I haven't had red meat since that time. It's been like three and a half years, but I didn't really have as a picky eater. I didn't really have red meat. Right. Um, <laughs> I only had hot dogs and hamburgers. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> 
my dad would try to give me steak. I was not interested. I mean, Miami ribs, like I kind of liked, but I don't crave them. Um, but and dairy is like the one thing that like just never really agreed with me but gluten I was like why am I cutting out gluten I like woke up and I was like I don't need that like I need my gluten like I can have normal get bread. this like- girl a bagel <laughs> yes <laughs> so I started to work with a dietitian um to help me lose that weight and we did like it started off as a very healthy approach to weight loss um and like the weight loss wasn't like necessary by means I wasn't like overweight by like a BMI scale or anything, but I just like, I felt sluggish. I felt insecure and I wanted to change. So I started working out more consistently. I was doing BBG by Kayla at Cenas, Um, and I was working with a dietitian and things were going really well. And then I noticed like looking back now, like I thought I was eating intuitively, but no, I was like barely having any carbs. Like I was not eating enough. And like, yes, I lost the weight, I had like gained in first year and yes I was feeling like more confident but my relationship with food was so not okay like I would stress about going out to restaurants I would look at the menu a million times calories were on my mind carbs were on my mind like it was consuming me like what I wanted to eat and this kind of just like kept going towards like second year so that's like sophomore year um and I was obsessed with the number getting lower on the scale and then it wasn't until I got sick with mono where I was forced not to exercise because my fear up until that point was if I stopped exercising like every single day pretty much then the weight would just all come back and I was scared of going back to that like place but I learned when I was sick with mono that you don't need to work out every single day and that if you miss one day or if you miss a week or two weeks or a month, I was out for like, I think two months, I wasn't allowed to like work out, walk anything. Um, Like nothing would happen. I didn't put on the weight. In fact, I lost weight because I lost the muscle. And even though I also like was having like all these different foods because nothing was appealing as back to like my old self, like staples, like my chicken fingers and my pasta and everything. And like, I learned at that point that you don't have to eat perfectly quote unquote clean or follow diet culture or work out every single day in order to maintain a physique or to be healthy. Um, everything is really important and balance. But my journey with intuitive eating started, I want to say, fall 2019. Um, mm-hmm. I had been working. I don't know. I like fell into like the thing of like macros and everything after that point. Like I kind of like you go through like yo-yo all cycles. Of them. Yeah, you gotta. And you I gotta fell try back into yeah. yes. I fell back mm-hmm. into it, and then I was like, you know what? I'm tired of being stressed over hitting my macros. I'm tired of calculating everything. And I had read, I had read, I had read the book. Um. Am I allowed to cuss or on here? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes, I had read the book, The Fuck It Diet, and mm-hmm. it was recommended to me by a few girls in like the influencer like community that I was in on Instagram who had started intuitive eating. And I read it and like that book changed everything. Now I'm not gonna say like from that moment forward, like it was like a perfect journey, like my relationship with food was fixed. But I started to let myself have more carbs. I let myself have all the foods I was craving when I was craving them. I did experience periods where I did overeat and I didn't like how I felt. Um, 
or I didn't eat enough and then I was like like overeating at the end of the night like I don't think it was necessarily a binge but I was definitely like overeating because my body was like hello Alana we need food like hello wake up um but now I feel like I'm at a pretty good place um I have pizza when I want it I have my salad when I'm craving some greens um working out with intuitive exercise I've learned like when I feel like doing a really intense workout when I feel like doing more of a low impact Pilates workout and I also learned that from doing Legree which is like um performer Pilates for a really long time um I want to try that so bad post it's so good (laughs) after you'll have to try it it's like your core will be so strong like I discovered that's what I want so bad that's we did right a um, plank challenge at work and there's like this guy, Paul, who is, he's huge. Like he muscles, like, like he could be like, I don't know, like a figure to like, uh, he's just yes. so built. And yeah. he did a plank challenge because he like likes to do plank challenges and like the goal is five minutes. I did three and a half minutes. I didn't even know oh I could God. do that. So Quench don't it. sleep on Pilates. Period. I'd love to see it. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so essentially you are similar to many young women in that you went through this cycle of not loving what you looked like, becoming obsessed with it, becoming, realizing the fact that you don't have to obsess over it in order to be happy. And so where would you say you are now and what would you tell yourself that you wish you knew? Like if there's someone listening to this that isn't happy in their body, what advice would you give them? You don't have to starve yourself to feel good about yourself and being smaller isn't going to make you happier. You have to find that happiness, that confidence, that self-esteem from within you. If you don't find it in your body that you're in right now, you're never going to find it. You're always going to be wanting more and more and more. You're always going to be trying new things. You're always going to be striving for the net. Like the goalpost is just going to keep moving down the field. Um, I think it's really important to value your time spent with your friends and your family, those memories over being consumed by, is there going to be a a quote unquote healthy choice for me? Is like this meal going to throw me off progress or throw me off the track? There is no track. Your track is like meant to move up and down. Like everything like comes in waves and like that even that one meal that you're stressing about like it's so small in comparison to the big picture look at things from the big picture do you want to be sitting on your rocking chair talking to your grandchildren and not having any memories or stories to share because you were so scared of gaining weight that you sat at home and didn't go out with your friends or you didn't have that meal and enjoyed time with your friends and family or you didn't go on that trip because you were worried you wouldn't be able to work out or control every little aspect of your diet or your lifestyle. So yes, I think look at it from the big picture. Know that it's okay to have quote unquote unhealthy foods. Your body will crave greens, vegetables, fruit, whole grains, home-cooked meals, it's smarter than you think it is. But also know that like your size the, on your clothes, your physical size, the number on the scale, they do not define your worth and your value. And like at your grave, like this is like a little deep. No one's going to be like, oh my God, I loved Alana because she was so skinny and hot. She was only like 
this amount of weight. Like, no, they're going to be like, oh my God, like I love so-and-so because she was so caring. She was so passionate. She was driven. She was a great friend. She was always there when you needed her. So Exactly, exactly. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves because society tells us like no matter what we do, if we're not skinny, then it's not valuable. And that's once again, society telling that. So you have to reframe that within yourself and remind yourself that you are worthy if you are really going to go on this journey of accepting yourself and loving yourself. Because like you said, it doesn't come with a certain number. Like once you lose that 20 pounds, you're still going to want to lose another 20 pounds or whatever. And like you have to find the love first. And I think a big way that you do that is through journaling, intention setting, all of that. So could you talk about where you, when you started journaling? Like have you been doing it since you were a child or sort of how you got into it and its role in your wellness journey? Okay, so I used to do mind dumps. That was about like the extent of my journaling process or journey. Um, so I did mind dumps whenever I wanted to remember certain things and write into a journal so I could look back on to of like emotions I was going through or things that were happening. And like, I think I started this in like grade seven and it used to kind of be like a dear diary type of situation. And I look back on those stories that I wrote about what was going on in my life now. And I'm like, oh my God, Alana, like, why were you stressed about this? Like, why did you let this tear you apart? But then again, like, that's what happens. That's life. Like, those are like, what happens when you're like 12 and 13 and 14 you cry over the boy that liked your friend I don't know but anyways I got more into journaling this past year during the pandemic I want to say it was around like April-ish May maybe and my best friend Kenzie was always journaling and I was honestly really intimidated by like the daily journal practice. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to write. I didn't want to write like a dear diary type situation. And so I asked her for her prompts and they were generally around like three things I'm grateful for, um, reflection on the previous day, what I liked, what I didn't like about it, what I wanted to do today, um, stuff like that. And so I started doing that and that's what got me into the habit of doing it daily. And then I came across... Um, lifestyle with Kath on Instagram her prompt she had like released like a 30-day ebook and I started doing that and those prompts um, dove into like more like deeper topics like self-esteem and all that and I started doing other people's prompts and I was finding prompts online and I started to make my own and at this time when I started to make my own I was also starting to go to therapy I do cognitive behavioral therapy so um, I go for anxiety. I have like mild social anxiety. Um, I think it's social anxiety, social performance anxiety. Um, I'm also like a perfectionist. I struggle with OCD tendencies. So I started going to this therapist and I started to make my prompts based on what I was talking about in therapy and based on the tools that she was giving me to help lift my self-esteem, my self-confidence, my self-love. And I started incorporating them into my prompts. And I noticed that when I wasn't like going to therapy, because I didn't, I started off going every single week. 
Um, at that time, I really needed to go every week. And now I go every two weeks, every three weeks. Um, but when I don't see my therapist, my journaling really helps me kind of fine tune any loose like threads that might go loose when I'm not seeing her that my mind kind of slips because cognitive behavioral therapy is like retraining your brain to think about different processes and situations and be aware of your thought patterns um, and how they can spiral and how to like kind of like reel them back in. But I noticed that journaling was able to really help me kind of keep everything fine-tuned in terms of my mental health. It was an outlet for me to express how I was feeling and to realize why I was feeling it. And so I started to share this with my community on Instagram um, and on TikTok. A lot of them really like seeing my prompts. And I noticed that it wasn't only impacting me but it was also helping them. And that kind of just made me want to keep going. And it made me realize like why journaling is such a good practice to have in your routine. And it's a really good place to start if you're not able to go to therapy or if you're not able to afford it, or maybe you can't get to a therapist right now. It's a really, or maybe you're not courageous enough to ask for help yet. Journaling is a really good place to start. And it's totally changed my relationship with myself. Absolutely. And your prompts are amazing. And I have to say that um, that moment, if you can't see a therapist, like if you can take the moment to figure out what you like and what you didn't like about even just your day, that makes such a difference in the way you approach your life. And having a moment for self-reflection, I always say, is like that is the only way to grow. Um, And if you don't set aside time for yourself every day to decide what you want, then like it's very difficult to really grow on your own. And so I I love that I found a fellow person who's into journaling who (laughs) understands the importance of it. And I hope anyone who listens to my podcast at this point, you should know that we journal over here. But uh, one big thing um, I would love to ask you as well is like in this last year, we had a pandemic. It's coming up on a year anniversary of when this all started. Um, or at least when lockdowns began, what has been the biggest thing you've learned in the last year um, as everything has changed, aside from journaling? <laughs> I think that it's so important to be adaptable and that you never really know what tomorrow is going to bring. I work at Lululemon. We work in a store. We've had closures. We've reopened. I've worked one shift a week. I've worked six shifts a week. Like I never really know what tomorrow is going to look like. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see my friends. I don't know if life is going to be as planned and that you can't really plan. Um, But I mean, I've always been a really adaptable person. But I've learned that I can really trust myself and know that I will be able to adjust and learn to cope and survive any situation that I'm put in, both mentally and physically. And I feel like a lot of people have learned that this past year, including myself. It's beautiful. I mean, it's like where that real true self-confidence comes from is that trusting that you will be able to handle anything and recognizing that you can do that versus like just being in the moment and experiencing survival is two different things. And so it's, it's great that you've been able to recognize that. And so I'm wondering if you have any like one or a few resources that really change the game for you, whether it's through dieting, whether it's about like self-development, self-love, career, any of it, like what are some things that you're like, okay, this is 100% necessary for me and like really change the way I see things? So 
I'm going to suggest two things. One is kind of like more a tip and then the other one is a tangible resource. So the first thing is I totally changed who I was following on social media. I unfollowed any accounts or muted them if they were like someone closer to me. Um, Actually, no, I unfollowed everyone. Like I didn't really care at this point. I just was like, fuck it. Like I have to do what's right for me. Um, I unfollow and I recommend you to unfollow people that are no longer serving you. And I also encourage you to to I encourage you to do the same in like your life in terms of your relationships. It's really important that the content you're consuming and the people you are surrounding yourself embody the type of person that you want to be and see yourself as. And if you're constantly consuming negative content and information and mindsets, you're going to absorb that and you're going to think that way and perceive everything around you to be of you as a victim and to be a very negative, like glass half empty type of person. So go through on your social media, do a little audit and in your life and you can phase people out slowly. Like I completely changed like who I surround myself with. And honestly, like I couldn't be happier. Like I feel like I finally have a safe place on social media like I feel like I'm not comparing myself and if I do find myself comparing myself negatively to anyone whether it be their physical body their life what they're doing etc I unfollow um and in my life I feel like I'm finally supported by people I finally feel like I have friends that meet me halfway that want to see the best in me um and are always like my number one cheerleader and know how to bring me up when I fall in a very positive and healthy way. And then my tangible resource is the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I highly recommend this read. It's Mm -hmm. so good. It touches on all values and all aspects of life and I highly recommend it and you can get it as an ebook. So you have no excuses about bookstores being closed. For sure. I listened to it on Audible last summer and it was it was amazing. I mean, and I love your tip about about surrounding yourself with people who are supporting you because for so many of us, it's like you're surrounded by these people. So then you try to fit into whatever that box they are in when in reality, it's about deciding who you are, what you love and what you care about, and then finding people who fit into that world around you. So it's, it's putting yourself first. And that's a great example of doing so both with social media and with people in your lives. And it's never been a better time to cut people off because we're in a pandemic and it's easier to do so. <laughs> but that is yes. amazing. Um, <laughs> I do want to be mindful of your time. So I'd love if we could just end with a rapid fire questions. Does that sound good? Amazing. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. So the first one is appetizers or dessert? Dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram or TikTok? Ooh, um, TikTok. It's more fun and like chill. Yes, I lo- I'm. I agree. Um, favorite TV show of all time? Gossip Girl. I love that for you. You gotta come visit me yes. in New York, and you can see yes. it in action. Yes. Um, favorite podcast? Oh my god. Um. We met at Acme. I'm just like obsessed with Lindsay right now. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> You're good. Yes. I was listening to that with her episode with Tinks from TikTok, who is my obsession right now, and I love it. So stunning. Okay. Most important self-care practice. Journaling. Yes. 
<laughs> okay, and then finish this sentence with something you want young people to know. You're too smart for. Um, <laughs> this is hard. People that don't care about you. Yes, period. We care about ourselves and we surround ourselves with supportive people and that is what you should do too. So thank you so much for coming on. Where can everyone find you on all of your different okay, socials? Okay, well, first off, thanks for having me. Secondly, okay, you can find me on Instagram at Lanny B Fit, L-A-N-I, the letter B, Fit, F-I-T, on TikTok. It's Alana Ray, A-L-L-A-N-A-R-A-E. And then my podcast is Morning Ray and my YouTube, you can search anything like Lanny B Fit or Alana Ray. I should come up, um, but it is Alana Bloomberg. My last name is B-L-U-M-B-E-R-G. Yes, I'm the queen of having a million different handles, but we love it. Okay. <laughs> yes, we love it. And I'll link all of them in the show notes for anyone who follows you. I literally, I'm not kidding when last weekend I spent my whole weekend binging your podcast <laughs> and your vlogs. And I'm, they're so good. You do such an amazing job. And you've had some incredible guests so far. I'm very proud oh, of you. Thank you. So, love to see thank it. you. <laughs> amazing. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart for This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart for This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself.